You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room on News Talk 770. I'm Peter Watts. Philanthropy is the theme of today's show, with Macmillan Estate Planning set to lead a fundraising effort in support of the Sheldrick Trust. We'll get to that story in a moment. It's that time of year where tax planning becomes really important. It's even more important this fall because of pending changes to the Income Tax Act that may affect you. If you don't have a business plan or a life plan, and you are an individual or corporation with net assets of a million or more, you should be talking to a financial advisor without delay. And you should think about attending an upcoming seminar being put on by Macmillan Estate Planning in Calgary on Thursday evening, November 24th at 7 p.m. Macmillan staff will walk you through some of the important points of a life plan. You'll learn how to protect what you have, how to plan for retirement, and how to pass along what you've earned to those that you love. Register by calling the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. Or you can register online anytime at macmillanestate.com. And as well, Macmillan staff will be in Red Deer next Wednesday evening, November 1st at 7 p.m. to talk to folks in central Alberta about life planning. Again, call the office weekdays during business hours to pre-register at 403-266-6464 or register online at www.macmillanestate.com. Part of a well-constructed life plan is what to do about philanthropic interests. A decade ago, Sherry McMillan and her husband went on an African safari and were taken to an elephant refuge by her tour guide, Calgary conservationist Brian Keating. I remember the highlight for me was when we got to this watering hole, the parent group were, you know, moving along with the elephants and they were trumpeting at the babies to keep up. And it was just the most beautiful sight. And my heart melted. And so Brian is absolutely right. When you go to Africa, there is something about Africa that hooks you and now you're done for. And I say you're done for in a most amazing way because your life has changed and you want to give back and you want to contribute. And I think that the connection is actually the nature because it's raw and real. It's the way you envision it on National Geographic, but it's real. And so I came back from that trip, thanks to Brian, and kept pondering how we can contribute. And so through the years, we continued to contribute to other conservation projects and so forth. Two years ago, I had a sad event happen in my life, and I thought, I need to do something to not be sad all the time. And I ended up picking up Daphne's book, her life story, her biography. Well, I couldn't put it down. I was like obsessed, and I think I've read that book five times now, and I couldn't believe a couple of things. I couldn't believe the legacy she had created, because that's my specialty, is legacy, I couldn't believe the passion that this woman had and the courage she had to begin uh, this journey in her life. And she was even knighted by the queen for her work. So to me, she was an absolute inspiration of authenticity towards her calling in life with purpose. And not only that, it was about elephants. So for me, there was an instant heartfelt connection that I had to her. She's never met me, Peter, but I'm determined I will. So I ultimately um, decided at that juncture and we contacted Brian 
and asked him, how can we start to contribute to this particular foundation and how can we make a difference uh, in this calling? So thankfully, um, we reached out to the UK division. So we're so happy uh, that Rob was available to us in you know, the jurisdiction of the UK. And as you know, we have an office there. And we asked him if it would be possible for Macmillan to bring their charity into a division in Canada. British conservationist Rob Branford was in Calgary recently to talk more about the Sheldrick Trust. He's been involved in the charity for the past 14 years. It all started with a visit to the sanctuary while on an African tour following graduation from university. When I got back to the UK, within two months I'd sold my home, quit my job, and I moved to a place called Matwapa on the Kenya coast. It was, if Africa gets into your blood, and it, having never had any aspirations to go to that continent, it completely absorbed me, and it's where I definitely feel the most at peace, and it's where I feel I belong. And that's, so I was there, and, but quite happily, I'm not going to pretend that I was saving the world at this point. I was learning to windsurf, I was learning to dive. Um, you know, I was doing, so I was walking dog for the Kenya sort of Society for Protection of Animals. I did a little bit of work for the World Society who were based there, but I wasn't kind of, I didn't have a plan at that point. I just knew I needed to be there. But importantly, the Sheldricks also knew I was there, and they were just thinking about, expanding the organization this is not long after Angela took the reins as the CEO and as I said she's got that bigger picture and she realized we can't just be in Kenya we need to be in these other countries and the the big supporting countries for Sheldricks are the UK the USA Canada and Australia those four countries drive a huge amount of the donations that we receive so we decided well we need to found something in the UK but how do we do it So Angela sat me down and we spoke about how you could do it and I've created a lovely pretty brief for her on her options that she could do very much with the view that I was just helping them, not, not with any big picture view, maybe naive of me. I was, I think, 27, 28 at the time. I didn't think that what would happen did happen, which is Angela turning around and saying, I want you to start our UK charity, which kind of had me a bit pulled because I just realised that where did I need to be? I needed to be in Kenya. That was where I felt the most at peace. And then what I had was the CEO of this organisation that was big in a sense at that point because they'd been around for... 20 or well 30 years but they weren't big in what they'd done but I'd seen the projects Angela toured me around what existed at that time which was small but you could see the seed had been planted and you could see the need for expansion you could see her vision for how that expansion could work and how it could make a difference and that was enough for me on condition that I could always get to go back there at least twice a year that I would go back to UK go into a little rented place and that's how the Sheldrick UK charity was founded it was me in a little rented property in a place called Ashdead second bedroom was the office now we're 13 14 years later we're still smaller a team of four in the UK um, with one part-time as well and and we've generated huge income for the Sheldrick cause because we've been able to be kind of outside of Kenya we can access all the communications that Kenya didn't have it's only now that Kenya's really getting decent internet and these things we from the UK and now an office in the US can put that message out and that's essentially my story I do get to go back a lot there it's very important to me Um, and I was only there just last week so that's that's the key I'm very fortunate in that regard I now get to do something I'm hugely passionate about and will give all my time and energy to and as a silver lining I get to go and see the odd uh, the odd elephant 
A lot of folks have been introduced to the work of the Sheldrake Trust by Brian Keating. Every time we go into Nairobi, the first the first full day that we have there, we go to the Sheldrake uh, Elephant Orphanage, and uh, it's always uh, a beginning highlight of each of the trips we do there. The work that they do is is profound, and and the way the orphanage works, it's just open for an hour in the morning from ten thirty to eleven thirty. So you get there at about ten o'clock, you line up, you wait for the rope to let you in, the rope to be dropped, walk in. And you uh, gather around this this area, a mud wallow feeding area, and that's where the first group of elephants are brought out shortly after you get there. And so you see all these little tiny teapot babies, these enthusiastic little balls of energy coming with their keepers. The care and attention that's involved with each of these baby elephants that's brought in is immediately apparent when you go to the orphanage and you see. You can even go and visit where the keepers sleep with the baby elephants. Uh, but they come out, they enthusiastically feed the elephants with. With uh, with big bottles uh, of of a special milk formula that Daphne invented, actually that that uh, allowed baby elephants to survive in captivity. And uh, and once those elephants get to be a certain age, then they're moved to a, a larger group with with older elephants. And and at some point, they're then taken down to Savo and released into the wild, which is a unique and incredibly emotional process in itself. Why is it such a fascination for visitors from Calgary or from Canada or from other parts of the world generally to see these elephants in this kind of a setting? I think it's it, to, to have that kind of proximity, first of all, is remarkable. To see the number of baby elephants is incredible. To see their personality, each baby elephant has its own personality, and they do a, 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 a presentation as these elephants are all emerging out of the bush because they're right up against Nairobi National Park. So these baby elephants are out in the bush with their keepers all day, and then they come in at a certain time in the morning for feeding, uh, for the nutritional milk that they get. Uh, I think it's it just gives people a um, uh, an opportunity to appreciate the complexity of the elephant's behavior. Uh, the keepers that I've worked with in the past at the Calgary Zoo and the researchers that I've met, like Cynthia Moss and Ian Douglas Hamilton and so many others that are out there, they say that elephants are the smartest animal on four legs. They're, they've got a, a complex social behavior that's as complex as any of the non-human primates. So we're talking about a very sophisticated animal with emotions that that you can't deny uh, that are similar to human emotions. And to be able to get that kind of proximity to them and to see that behavior erupt right in front of you, is it just brings a smile to everyone's face. And it also illustrates the profound need for the tragedies that each of these baby elephants has come to the orphanage. Uh, with the, the, the fact that their mother was probably slaughtered right in front of the baby's eyes. What do the conservationists see in elephant behavior that seems eerily similar to the behavior of humans? We'll pick up on that story in a moment on The Strong Room on News Talk 770.